presence here this morning. God bless you. Let our classes go back. Love you this morning. It's good to see you all back. Those that's been gone, vacationing, different things. Good to see each one of you in the house of the Lord today. And what a beautiful presence of the Lord and a touch of God that's with us this morning. Amen. To minister unto our needs and to touch our lives and to help us along this journey. Amen. How many are thankful for truth today? Man, the real key is, has truth set you free? I want to be free, don't you? And I don't want to let the enemy, amen, slip in through one means or another. And uh, we don't make light of the pitfalls of life. They're real. They're genuine. And uh, they can be uh, devastating to our lives. They can be alter-changing, either to the good or the bad. But it's in these situations and times that we can also draw nearer and closer unto the great shepherd. Amen. If you read anything about sheep, read anything even about your own. Uh, you may have a cat or a dog or a house dog or something like that. And if it becomes ill or sick, what do you do? You check on it more often. You draw it a little closer. You may even, you know, you may be one of those that's got a house dog and you got his little bed. Amen. It's beside your bed over there and things like that. <laughs> Amen. But, but you draw it nearer. Why? Because it's sick. It's feeble. And so God does the same thing with us. Hallelujah. He'll draw us nigh to him and closer. Amen. If we'll just hear his voice and respond to him. Amen. To, to work for us. And so we're, we're blessed today to have this great comfort and assurance and promises from the Lord to help us in these times of trouble, in times of difficulty. And we're living in a world, Paul said it would be, in the end time, and um, things will become very difficult. And um, so, uh, no doubt, our community, our families needs a church that's solid, that's anchored down, that's established and grounded. Amen. So when storms come, man, that will hold true, be a light to others, to, that they're looking for a place of shelter. Anybody heard of a place called a shelter? Amen. Most of the time called a storm shelter. Amen. Thank God for them. We got the best one there is, and that's the church. That's our Lord Jesus Christ. That's that tower. Amen. That we could come the righteous run to. So we find ourselves as the righteous running to it. Amen. And um, there is a little thought in my mind. It's been the last few weeks and quite some time off and on. And about going out and in, out and in, and a few scriptures keep popping up here and there about that, and so thank God for the lesson we got to, today, wisdom's worth. God give us wisdom how to go out among and out into this world and the surroundings around us, and to hold true to God and to his promises and commandments and statutes, to be an example unto others. Instead of letting them persuade us or convince us or persuade us to go their direction, we'd have the kingdom of God, the love of God, the power of God within us, amen, to be a light unto them. And so this lesson, amen, when it talks about this wisdom here and the wisdom's worth, no doubt the most powerful wisdom comes from God, from our Lord Jesus Christ, and the wisdom, the most important wisdom is the wisdom of salvation. 
the plan of salvation, the revelation, the revelation of God and uh, what's in that. Man, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of people, and the writer talks about it in the lesson even. Uh, men with great wisdom and great knowledge, but yet they don't know truth and they don't know the plan of salvation. That They can't even instruct you. They haven't experienced it. They don't know anything about it. But thank God for this great wisdom uh, of truth of this chief cornerstone, uh, this sure foundation, the apostles' doctrine that Jesus Christ was the chief cornerstone, the first one that preached it and delivered unto us the gospel, the good tidings, the good news. Amen. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, we had our lesson this past week, Thursday night, with Brother Tyler Nelson. Remember that baby, Grayson's got the flu. Amen. Brother Brad, Brad and Sister Bell's very sick this morning. They got sinus infections or the flu also. And um, I think Cherish, one of their babies, Ben's, has got the flu. So apparently it's riding around. But um, So let's pray for them. Ask God to keep them. But uh, we, we talked about in that Bible lesson the tabernacle plan. God desired to be with man. And he set out a plan for us on our approach to God. So I'm, I'm glad to have a revelation and an understanding, amen, of this truth and how to make our way to God and to call and cry out to him. Focus verse is going to be found in 1 Corinthians 1 and 24. But to them which are called both Jews and Greeks. Greeks there also could be the Gentiles. Anybody that's not a Greek, even though there was some Greek Jews. Amen. And what they were basically, they tell us was there was Jews that spoke the Greek language. And this is where some of the argument came up you read about in the book of Acts. But we'll read. Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. None had astounded to uh, the lawyers and those in the temple or tabernacle like Jesus did, answering and also asking questions and his ability to minister. And, and they would go back and tell them no man's ever spoke like this man. And um, it's not that he came with enticing words or with words of great renown, but he just knew how to use the, even the basic things of the earth and the, the animal kingdom and things of that nature to teach and preach parables. But yet they were spoken, delivered in a way that not just anybody would re receive the revelation of it. This is where the letter killed and the spirit gives light. This is really so important to have the baptismal Holy Ghost to open our understanding unto the writings of the word of God. Man, because without the Holy Ghost to guide us into all truth, we can be misled. We can fall into the spirit of error. We can be, our minds and our hearts can be overcome. And so as we talk about some of this today and the wisdom, the wisdom that can be used upon this earth and Proverbs, I've mentioned it to you the last few weeks and I've been practicing, amen, trying to read at least one, if not two or three chapters of Proverbs every day and just using that as 31 days. And man, there's a lot in Proverbs. There's a lot to help you deal with life and people really begin to read it and take it to heart. There's a lot of, a lot of areas, a lot of pitfalls, a lot of heartache, a lot of trouble that Proverbs can keep us out of a lot of foolish things. It may keep us from getting caught up in a lot of foolish things. Man, making decisions, hallelujah, out of, out of passion, out of affection, out of for the wrong things. And so even here, the main lesson's coming out of Proverbs, the third chapter. 
And uh, it's going to kind of tie in with what we've been talking about a lot on Wednesday nights. When you talk about his glory and you talk about his wisdom. Amen. Then you talk about the fear of God. Why? Because the beginning of wisdom is what? There's a fear of God. How fear of the Lord. Amen. That reverence, you know, to know that he's an all-knowing. He, he knows my uprise. He knows my downfalls. He knows everything there is about me. Amen. So, so to, to have an understanding of this and to realize there is a God. Amen. We believe in there is a God. Amen. And we believe through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And we're not preaching to. Amen. It's been a long time. But I heard somebody just this past week talk about the red something. I think it was three persons. Been a long time since I've heard that one. Amen. Most people have been pretty well convinced that they've got it down at least two. We got one of them gone. Let's see if we can work on the other one. But anyway, praise God. There's only one person in the Godhead. That's Jesus Christ. Amen. And so God, God is a spirit. No man can see a spirit. No man's ever seen God. You know, even in the time, as the Old Testament talks about through angels or burning bushes and things of this nature. But anyway, we know all that. But as we watch this unfold and take place, how blessed you and I are today to have this wisdom and understanding and revelation of truth of God. Uh, the truth about God, godly wisdom, is the most valuable asset we could ever obtain. It is the most valuable asset, amen, that we can ever attain. It's above all the silver and gold and money and rubies, amen. Regardless of how you attain through these, all the lands, if you talk about abscess for like a military, it's more valuable to them, amen, to how to fight, the knowledge to fight. You know, you can have all the planes, all the tanks, and all the ships, but if you don't have anybody that knows how to war and set up a battle, amen, it won't do any good. So thank God for the wisdom that goes beyond all. All of that, you can, if you want to talk about it, monetary things, uh, homes or, or lands or places like that. Uh, this wisdom goes beyond and beyond, beyond all of that. It doesn't matter what, what piece of ground you might own on this, on, this, on this land, that asset. You know, great value with it and makes you, you know, a real popular man or a, a, a rich man, you know, because you own that piece of property. But yet, as we look at this, the wisdom that comes from heaven, not the wisdom that's from earth, but the wisdom that comes from heaven. The writer talks about it. He, there's a difference between the two. The wisdom that comes from earth, that comes from man. It has a tendency to make us arrogant and, and full of pride. And look at us and what we've attained and what we've acquired. But the wisdom that comes from heaven, it comes from God. Where it's long-suffering, it's meek, it's kind, it's gentle. There's a, there's a far difference of the attributes and how it operates. Amen. That's the reason, you know, Paul's writings, no doubt an educated man. Uh, and as far as the law, you know, he, he, he didn't come behind any of his peers. Amen. But, but on that road to Damascus, God that struck him down. Man on that road, on his way to persecute the church and, and cause men and women to, to backslide and cause them to be killed. Amen. But, but there, when Jesus smote him down, wisdom, all that wisdom he attained, he considered it as dunk. He considered it as nothing. Now that he attained the wisdom, the revelation of who Jesus Christ, amen. And he knew the law, but now for it to be revealed or made known unto us. I can't help but think of a lot of people upon this earth today that's high educated and quote scriptures and things of that nature. And great wisdom far as this, the, the man and um, on the earth, but yet don't have the wisdom of heaven. Don't have the wisdom, amen, of being saved and how to be saved and how to instruct others, amen, to be victorious. In fact, they... Forever learning the scriptures, but never come to the knowledge of 
truth. And so we, we, you and I were blessed today. Amen. To have a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. A revelation about the Holy Ghost. A revelation about the plan of salvation. The steps that are a must. And I know this, this scripture may be not all to that, but it is to a certain degree. Truth for my life. I will deepen my relationship with Jesus Christ. The source of wisdom. It was none like Jesus when he walked upon this earth. There's never been none like him. There's not going to ever be one like him. Amen. He is the chief cornerstone. All power and wisdom is found in Jesus Christ. Amen. And so as we watch this lesson begin to unfold, take place, the beginning of the lesson really talks about humility is required to attain wisdom. True humility, humbleness, and meekness. I will say this, and this is something we all probably will have to guard and watch as God uses us, anoints us, and leads us. As we continue to pursue the will of God in Bendel, Mississippi, and pursue to be the vessels that he wants us to be. Amen. To pray the prayer over the sick and to visit the lost and watch them one to God. And, and God uses us to attain these things and experience these. We also have got to be careful. Amen. To make sure that we keep humility. Because humility is what's going to help bring this about. Humbling ourselves. Yielding ourselves. You can't force the hand of God. The writer even talks about that a little bit in this lesson. I know there's a place in the Old Testament it talks about a particular army. Amen. It was a great army, but everybody knew where to march. What made that army so mighty and so powerful. They knew their positions. They knew their calling, and they knew where to get and get in that march one with another and accomplish and achieve that And so God could use them mightily. And so that's the same way with you and I, to find our place in the kingdom, in the body of Christ. Amen. Because an ear can never take the place of a toe, and a toe can never take the place of an ear. But find them. So that's what takes humility. And even when the anointing and the power of God. He begins to answer our prayers and moves in such a miraculous ways. Amen. We still got to hold on to humility. If we don't, we'll wind up like the character they talked about in the beginning of this lesson called Solomon. Solomon. Saul started out great. Go back and read it. Even though he's head and shoulder above all. Amen. He was hesitant about responding and they had to go... Get him, get him out from among the stuff. And to start with, he humbled himself. And he went back home just like everybody else after the anointing and calling. Until the enemy rose up. And then the Spirit of God moved upon him. And with the Spirit of God moving upon him, he used great wisdom and sent out. And they joined in with him as God led him and gave that great victory. And watch him. And even after that, man, those that was believing saw the victory because there were some, the sons of Belial, the Bible called them, that rose up against Saul at the very beginning after Samuel's anointing and praying over him. And God used him. They rose up against him, wouldn't give gifts, wouldn't give him no regard, no respect, no response. Amen. And so guess what? The others wanted to rise up and kill him. Saul said, oh, no, said, God's given us a great victory here today. We're not in the killing business. Wow. Watch David. David never used his military ability and powers. I'm going to tell you something. David could have took Saul out. When that dagger hit that wall, David could have spun around. But he didn't do it. You don't force your way into those places. You wait on God. You humble yourself. Because it's about God anyway. It's not about 
us. I can't heal nobody. I can't save nobody. I can't deliver nobody. But I know the one that can. And there's the job that I've got and you've got. Is bringing them to Jesus. And God begins to use us in such a measure and a way. The real key is to stay humble. And stay meek. And let everybody know I'm not a thief. The glory doesn't belong to me. It belongs to him. He's the great king. He's the savior. It's by his stripes. It's his name we call him. It's his presence that shows up. I'm just an earthy vessel with the Holy Ghost. Trying my best to walk in the goodness and mercy of God. If any good thing happens, glory be unto the Lord. The Bible taught acknowledging him in all our way. That's a reason you don't have to have the help of the world. We don't need the tactics and means and ways of the world to have revival. We just need the pouring out of the Holy Ghost and walking in the power and the Spirit of God. The voice of God letting him lead us and guide us. So, but you go back and you go to Scove when you go to 1 Kings. 1 Kings 3, the third chapter. You'll read about, amen, the call that was given, amen, unto the character here. Hallelujah. We talk about Solomon. We know enough about Solomon, where he come from, and things of that nature. Uh, but um, I, I want to bring a few things out because this ties in so well. And we're not real sure the, the dialogue of what happened here with why even. But this first verse in 1 Kings 3, Solomon made affinity with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and took Pharaoh's daughter and brought her into the city of David until he had made an end of building his own house and the house of the Lord and the walls of Jerusalem round about. You know, everybody can, you know, have to, why would he... Why would he have done that? Why did he take in? He knew. He knew about what the word of God had taught him. He knew what David, his father, had instructed him. But, but so the lack of wisdom, though the lack of the premier Bible simply makes some statements about how that maybe he didn't have the wisdom here, how to reject or now to say no, amen, for, for the pressure of who she was because a lot of times, amen, these kings would use their daughters. And, and so this would be great opportunity of deals that could be made and so maybe Solomon really didn't know how to respond. Uh, we just know that it wasn't, it wasn't of God. It never has been. Amen. Uh, I can say what they want to, but that's all through the Bible. You can take the Israelites and went into the promised land. He just wouldn't let them do that. Sometimes they couldn't even marry among them their own. I mean, that's just the way it was. And, and there was a purpose and a reason behind that. And, and so even here we see that. But he goes on from that. He goes on and talks about how he made the sacrifices in the high places. And there was no house built, so the house was built and all that. Then Solomon. Solomon, this is where a lot is focused on Solomon in his beginnings and his request unto God. You pick it up about the sixth verse of 1 Kings, the third chapter. Solomon said, Thou, thou hast showed unto thy servant David, my father, great mercies, according as he walked before in truth. Notice this. Watch him. What brought those mercies? What brought that compassion? What brings the blessings of God into our life? We've got to walk in truth. You gotta love his commandments, you gotta love his statutes and principles. At whatever cost, you gotta love them. It doesn't matter who agrees with you or disagrees with you. It doesn't matter how close they are to you. Because God trumps everything and everybody else. And so this is a love that you and I have got to have. I gotta have a love for you, God, and for your commandments and statutes and principles. You called us out of the world, you called us out of darkness, and we're not gonna compromise in any of those. We're not being mean, we're not being ugly, but we cannot give 
give a license to do this. Do that. That's dangerous grounds. And that's the reason that first verse in that same chapter is kind of a mind-boggling statement and actions that Solomon took there. Okay? So why was, was God so, so, so David? Because he loved his truth, the commandments, and statutes, and principles. Fall in love with them. Fall in love with holiness and godliness. And that, that godliness and holiness that works on the inside. I mean, I can dress it to the T, but if I got a nasty, ugly heart and spirit and attitude, and every time you get around me, you don't want to be around me because I've always got a cocky little mouth. Because hmm. I'm always a little sharp. Because I'm always, every time you say a little something, man, I pow, pow, shoot it down. I'm, I'm in the Holy Ghost. I'm in the Holy Ghost. And I'm not trying to shoot. I'm just telling you, I'm in the Holy Ghost. Because this world's in trouble and she knows she's in trouble. This world knows she's facing end time, and there's going to be some folks out there going to be looking. When, when times get hard enough, folks, I'm telling you. <laughs> and God's going to allow some of it because nothing else would bring them, so God's going to allow some things to help make them come. And you know what? You and I are going to have to be faithful in it. You and I are going to have to be committed because it's going to be some of our own loved ones and our friends and our neighbors, people that we cherish, and we're going to have to hold on. Let me go on. <clears throat> Uprightness of heart with thee, and thou hast kept for him this great kindness, that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now remember, Solomon was not the one that should have sat upon this throne. He was not the firstborn. So we understand, we realize a lot of things. What's it? David found mercy from the Lord because David should have been slain. David should have died. He should have been stoned. Now God, through his great mercy, the sure mercies of David. And now even here again, we're watching the sure mercies. Thank God for his mercies. And his compassion for all of us. Amen. And, and God help us that this is what we can get across to others. I am what I am. Amen. <laughs> By his grace. We may preach on that it's not because we've been so smart and now by his grace, by his grace. And now, O Lord, my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David, my father. And I am but, what's this? But I'm just a child. I know not how to go out and to come in. I don't know how to handle this. I don't know what direction to take. God. Your people are such a great people. It's the sand of the sea and the shores. And this, this call, this, this, this throne business that you've set me on. <laughs> thy servant <clears throat> in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people. Always remember this, an understanding heart to judge thy people. We don't really like the term judge, but actually in the Bible, judge, and even here, means justice. We ought to thank God for judgment. 
Thank God for judgment in the house of God. Thank God for the word of God that will judge us. Thank God for the quickening power, the spirit of God, the correcting of God's in our lives to lead us and guide us in every day. And I'm going to tell you something. God's a gentleman. He, won't, he, he works like this, but, but not as often as most people may think. He's not going to beat you upside the head. He's not going to give you a black eye every time you mess up. He's not going to come down and beat you up. He's not going to send, you know, some gorillas. In fact, he may let you go on your merry way. If you become callous and you're determined and you just set in your ways that you're going to do it after he spoke to you and quickened you. And if the word of God and the preaching of the word and the anointing of God can't turn you. See, that's, that's, there's the love. When do you tell your children that they love you? It's man, whenever two or three times in a row, man, you ask them to do something, they, they just done it. They didn't fuss. They didn't gripe. They just got up and went and done it. Man, you're thinking God's answered prayers. Woo, hallelujah. Some of, you, some of y'all looking at me like, but I know better. That's all right. But you got a heavenly father. I'm telling you, he don't miss a thing. And he loves us with everlasting love. And that love sometime will let us just keep walking in our own passions, our own desires. So that's the reason even Solomon here, he understood, God, if you don't help me, if I, if I can't hear your voice and direct it. And, and it proves that. Just a few verses down, you know the story of the two ladies which happened to be harlots. Came unto him. One had rolled on the other one, killed her child. She slips it out, takes the other one. They come in before Solomon. Solomon said, I tell you what. Cause that soldier overtake that sword, split that baby in half. I'm sure everybody in there. <gasps> but you watch this wisdom all of a sudden. Because that real mama cried out. Oh, no, no. Let her have it. She can have it. Don't, don't hurt the child. And immediately. Because the other, nothing's wrong out. Nah, split it in half. Give the baby to its mama. And from that point, the Bible says... All of Israel knew that the wisdom of God was in Solomon because he asked with humbleness and meekness and his starting. Now watch this. In that starting place, just like Saul. Saul started out. but The next chapter talks about how Saul began to do some things that Israel had been instructed not to. Build a military. But immediately he began to set up. So, you and I have got to be careful. We've got to be careful what we lay up. We've got to be careful what we store up. We've got to be careful what we start. And, and here's the deal. When we start putting our trust on those things, and we put more confidence and trust in those things, than we, than God. <laughs> I talked to my son yesterday. He was talking about, I was talking about buying some corn and everything. He said, oh, y'all got plenty of money. I said, brother. Let me tell you something. I said, man, I live by faith. Some of y'all just act like y'all live by, but I'm telling you, some of us live by faith, brother. <laughs> Amen. But anyway, <laughs> hallelujah. But, uh, but God's good to us. But anyway, you know the story of Solomon after that, after taking, amen, Pharaoh's daughter, when you go all the way to 1 Kings 11 chapter, you begin to see the other part of Solomon, what really begins to unfold and what things that happen into his life. He's called strange women. 
And they, they begin to lead him and cause him to stray from God. And he began to take the very area, amen, and build to temples unto other gods and things of that nature. So we begin to understand a little bit about what unfolds here and happens. So let's look at Proverbs quickly. I know my time, it's already 1130. And, but just give me a few more minutes if you don't mind. So the, the, the wisdom it, it talks about. And uh, even in Paul's writings, you go back to that first chapter. He talks about the wisdom, amen, that came from Jesus Christ. And, and he talks about how that was foolish. And, and today, you take the cross. Today, the cross itself, the preaching of the cross. And, and how to some, amen, it was foolish. The Greeks and foolish. They was always looking for a sign. The Jews, amen, and Greeks, and they was looking for wisdom. But here, the preaching of the cross, and to them it was like a curse. And so they wouldn't accept Jesus Christ, and they wouldn't accept the Messiah, and the preaching of the cross even after that. And so as Paul goes on down that first chapter, go back and read all of that, could really connect those three verses, amen, toward the end of that chapter about the wisdom that comes from Christ. Amen. His words, his instruction, the doctrine, the experiences of, of being wisdom him because if you read on if you watch this we know that when you've been with Jesus Christ this is a part going right back into that glory going right back with Moses going right back to where the apostle Peter whenever you know the apostle Peter that denied him but yet after the baptism of the Holy Ghost and he's tested or tried him and brought before the Jewish leaders and they at the point you know we're going to crucify he said we're making this simple it's better to obey God than man we're not going to quit teaching or preaching in his name because they question about what authority and power. This is what they could not deny that he had been with Jesus. Why? The presence, the, the wisdom, the insight, the revelation that is there. But even Paul comes along and said, I didn't come with you enticing with enticing words of man's wisdom. He talks about, he said, not many noble, not many wise. He said, look, examine, look, consider, look among yourselves who's been called into this church, into this gospel. Huh. There's not many noble. That means there's not many that held positions in, 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 in places to impress people. It's not, not individuals with such great earthly wisdom. <laughs> he would call everybody a bunch of dummies, but yet at the same time, we'd be far better off. Because I tell you what, you can watch right here in this country. God calls some men that couldn't even read. God began to work with them. And the Holy Ghost began to lead them and guide them. And they made some decisions 50 and 60 years ago. Maybe 60 or 70 now. Time slips away. <laughs> About Hollywood. Things of this nature. <laughs> we don't want no part of that. Where others that was well educated took it in hook, sinker, line. Didn't see no harm in it. But a lot of them would have to admit today they see the danger now. Even some to the point we don't even, we don't even have them. But those were men led by God and the wisdom of God. Let's make this decision now. If you read your Bible, you're going to see the commandments and statutes and principles was always about protecting us, keeping us from, from, from hurt and pain and sorrow. That's the reason God talks about certain things that are an abomination unto him. And certain things that, uh, that's, that's so hurtful, amen, to the family and to the individual. But it's this wisdom that helps us along this journey. And so as we watch even in Proverbs and 
And I, I know I'm not going to have the time, so I'm just going to try to briefly go through some of this in this third chapter. As we just go through some of the most powerful statements, and we could have started the first chapter, but, but we won't do that. We'll just go to the third chapter and, and start with some of that. My son, forget not, amen, my laws, but let thy heart keep thy commandments. If you do go back to the first chapter, he talks about the laws and the, the mother and the father. And about the notice, you're going to notice a key word here. It's going to say something about it. Watch then. Uh, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. That's not the first time that's mentioned. Talking about the neck. But even prior chapters and afterwards. Why is that? Watch. Where, where, when you yoke up animals, where are they yoked up at? Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. And so it's what we allow ourselves to get yoked up with. That's the reason Paul warned us, even with a handshake of agreement. And Proverbs warns us time after time, especially those that's full of anger and bitterness and frustration, not to join up with them, so. But yet, actually, just shine and separate yourself. Because under that, that power, man, you get everybody in trouble. And so, write them upon the tables of thy heart. The heart, the mind, interchangeable. That's not the only thing. The bowels. A lot of times you hear that term throughout the scripture again. That's that innermost being. That's where the emotions well, watch this. Paul talks about the belly. He talks about some that serves the belly. Now, he likened it unto meats and pleasures and things of that nature, but also the emotions. Trying times and difficult hours, just like we're facing here with loved ones and friends. Sometimes our emotions can get the best of us, but we're not going to let it because, you know what? God and the truth of God. And so, you know what? We can't change truth. You can't change it. There's nothing you can do about that. But here's what you and I can do. Be thankful that God brought me out. And God's revealed unto me truth. That I'm not lost and undone. And believing in a lie. And I'm going to hold on to it. At whatever cost, I'm going to hold on to it. I'm not going to deviate. I'm going to hold on to this plan of salvation. I can't help what my brothers or sisters or neighbors, amen, what they decide in their decisions, how to live for God in truth. But I can make up in my own mind. And I can make up. A, that's the reason it's whosoever will let them come as an individual affair. Amen. And it don't matter where they come from. It don't matter who they are. But if you have a true hunger and a thirst for truth and for true wisdom, truth is constantly, she's got voice. Her voice is lifted from the gates of the city. Her voice is lifted, amen, from the highways and the byways. Her voice is constantly reaching out and speaking out, amen, to what? To all of humanity, amen, to be saved. That there is a God, and man, whenever you start desiring, hungering, and thirsting at the wisdom, what? The wisdom to be saved. The wisdom to have eternal life. What are we all looking for? I'm not looking to make another million dollars, but I'm looking, amen, to, to gain eternal life and hear the ones with eternal words. 
church. Hey Amen. I may not have been nothing but an old fisherman, but where am I going to go now? I know others are forsaken you, and those are hard sayings, but to whom, amen, you the one that holds eternal words, you the one that holds eternity, amen, I'm not going anywhere else. I'm not going to do that. Amen. I'm going to stay with this. I may not understand all, and I'm looking through a dark guy, but I'm still going to stay with it. This is what wisdom would do. When you don't understand everything that's going on around you and thing that's bombarding you and you can't control all those ex- external things. But I tell you what you can control and that that goes on inside of you and your response unto them. This is where wisdom comes in. It pays off. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and Man. Wisdom sometime will tell you just keep your mouth shut and let God fight the battle. We don't like that. But when the battle's over with, even the enemy has to say. <laughs> even Pharaoh and them had to say, when them angels snatched them chariot wheels off, <laughs> they knew they was doomed. God's fighting this battle. Who could fight against God? The real key, you and I have got to fight the battles the way God wants us to fight them. Vengeance can't be ours. We can't have it our way. We've got to let him have his way. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. Just trust God. Live for God. Be faithful. Be committed. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And I'm glad to have one that's helping us here today to direct our paths. None of us know what tomorrow holds, but you know what? We know the one it does. And you know what? He can speak to us even in the service this morning. And it may just be a little whisper. It may just be a few words. But then tomorrow something happens. And all of a sudden you realize, I know what that visitation was all about. And God, thank you for helping me to be prepared and ready for what's unfolding, what's taking place here. He talks about it shall bring help unto thy navel. Navel is a center point to all directions. God's got this thing covered, ladies and gentlemen. You just hold to the word, read the word, give yourself unto it. It'll bring you through. It'll sustain you. It'll hold you. That's what Jesus Christ in the beginning. He was the word that became flesh. That's the reason everything we live and move and have our being by him. We find our su- sufficiency in him, our completeness, our totalness in him. Church and Jesus Christ is the most important thing. I don't care if you don't have two nickels to plug together. Or if you've got $10 billion, you can just throw away. Jesus Christ is the one that brings true joy and true peace and true life. It's not what we possess, but it's what possesses us. Our eternity and everything about us. The only thing that's going to help us raise our babies in the world we're in now, it's God. It's the Holy Ghost and the revelation of it. That we won't be blind and we won't be side, sideswiped. Amen. Only God can help us in the This is the wisdom. I'm talking. No new thing is under the sun. God's done been down that path. Don't you worry. God's done fought those battles. God's done whipped them devils. We just got to stay with God. Out of the Lord. Watch this one. Honor the Lord with thy substance 
and with the first fruits of all thine increase. You know what he's telling us? I'm going to preach on this, teach on this sometimes. That means the first tenth of your paycheck should come to God. Don't reserve it. Don't hold it back. That's dangerous. I'm going to pay it at the end of the year. You might. But you just, you just stop the blessings of God for a year. Okay, let me ask you this. How I many of you'd work for a company when you go in Monday? Hey, I'm going to hold your check until December the 31st. <laughs> well, that's, that's a, I'm digging rough here now. Ain't I? But wisdom says, you know what? I want the blessings of God and the favor of God. I'm going to obey Him. I'm going to give Him my first. I've been there trying times. I know what it is to be on an on, on a unemployment for several months. Couldn't pay my house note. Couldn't hardly eat. But we paid our tithes regardless. First. Times I didn't know if I was going to pay the electric bill. Didn't know if I would pay this or pay that. Would have lost the house if I didn't have a brother, amen, and a God, amen, in the banking business. But God brought us through it. I live in a far better house than I would did back then. But what if I hadn't obeyed him and just done it my way? Just saying, well, I'm going to tell you, you're just constantly become callous. You don't trust God in your faith. If your faith's not where it ought to be, if you can't trust God with your money, please tell me what else you're trusting him with. So, here it is. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty. And thy precious presses shall burst out with new wine. Man, look, listen at it. <laughs> Brother Ford's talking about getting drunk this morning. This is a good way to get drunk, man. And them, them presses, man. That new wine. <laughs> My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord. Now, see, that boy, he got on to us just then. Now you can't despise him or me for it. <laughs> you might as well smile because if you don't, you look like a guilty candidate. <laughs> Hallelujah. We love you. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, we love you. We do. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary with his correction. I want him to correct, correct me. Every single day, God, I need that correction. I want, and you know what? I want, every, I want others to help me too. I don't act like I got to do that. You know, the Bible says, let the elder sisters teach you younger. If y'all all waiting on all of it just come out of my mouth, you're going to be in trouble. If you think only you can correct your kids and nobody else. Oh, watch out, preacher. <laughs> You're going to be in trouble. Because when we hear and they running out in 57 or the middle of it, none of us can't correct them. They get run over. Don't come screaming out here. Why did y'all get my babies out of the road? Because you said we couldn't correct them. There's a lot more substance right there, and we want to admit. I'm telling you right now in the spiritual realm. The reason a lot of places are in trouble, amen, because see, it don't, if, if you can't correct them for little petty things down here, I plan, I'm here to tell you there's nothing I can do in the spiritual realm either. That you tie my hands and you tie God's hand and you open up wide open for the devil and then you wonder, why in the world are we? I'm not trying to be ugly or nothing. I'm just here. I'm just, Proverbs 3, I mean. <laughs> Oh, the Lord love you. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. 
For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain than of fine gold. Boy, gold's being really pushed. <laughs> hey, man, you know, everybody's wanting you to buy gold. They got even, I've heard a little bit on the radio, got certain groups to make sure it's good and all this other. Y'all, y'all buy all you want to. That's fine. I don't care. I don't get quite get that because you can't eat it. Can't drink it. And when it gets to that place where you can't buy nothing, if you can't buy nothing, don't matter how much gold you got, I mean, what you going to buy? And maybe I'm looking at all this wrong. I just really had a little more Jesus than more gold. Besides, he said we're going to walk on gold, <laughs> transparent gold. So he's not a short in gold. He's got all he's got needs. <laughs> uh, so, but you make investment with your turn. That's fine. I ain't saying that. And I know I'd I'm, I'm, I, I get in a lot of trouble here because even a lot of Pentecostal churches are really getting big in some of this stuff. But, but anyway, I'm going to go on. I don't, I don't mean to. Watch this. She is more precious than rubies. And all the things thou canst desire are not in, to be compared unto her. all the things that you can desire. All the things that you can accumulate and enjoy and experience. Now remember who's writing this. Solomon. Solomon that he experienced everything that a man could experience under the sun. Read Ecclesiastes. All of it was vanity. I mean, he experienced it, buddy. If you could put it before his eyes, he experienced it. If you could feel of it, he experienced it. If you could taste it, he experienced it. That's what he's telling us. But the end of the journey was, it was all vanity. It wasn't what it, I thought it was. How many of us has tried to warn someone's headed down a pathway that we know it's nothing but the lust of the flesh and the pleasures of, of, of the flesh for a season? We're trying our best. Hey, don't go there. I'm telling you, it's not what you think it is. It's going to cause your heartache. It's going to cause your burdens. It's going to put some claws in you. And I'm telling you, it's hard to get them things out. Once you've tasted it, once you've experienced it. Length of days is in her right hand, in her left hand, riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. Listen, listen to that. That's, that's what we're looking for. Length of days and pleasantness and Things. So this is the wisdom. This is the, of God. The, the value of wisdom. To, to, the, to have the wisdom of his word. To experience what we've experienced. We're blessed, folks. If I was living in a tent, we used to sing the song now. Live in a shack on the side of the road. We don't sing them songs no more. <laughs> well, y'all might well smile with me because, hey, I'm, I'm, I mean, come on. <laughs> Sometimes a washing machine can tear up and we, we have, what'd you say? We have a, a meltdown. <laughs> Praise God. Car tear up and this and the other. The other. You know, you know what? We ought to turn some of that around. What do you mean, preacher? I said, get out, shout around it. Say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I still got wisdom. I got the Holy Ghost. I got Jesus on my side. Hey, you never know. The very vehicle pulling back by may be the one that's got the answer, got the tools, got the resource. And if not, so what? We're still saved. Didn't have not one thing to do with my salvation. You know, just because I hadn't bought no new tires and I got a flat tire and I got 100,000 miles off of these 60,000 mile warranty tires, I mean... God's been carrying you for 40,000 miles and then he lets one go flat and you're going to have a meltdown? 
I'll tell you, God's working. The, the devil's doing everything he can to blind us. The world's doing everything to tell us that God's not working. But I'm here to tell you in the house of God and wisdom tell me God's on the throne. God's working. God's blessing. God's making a way. He's still in revival. He's still saving souls. He's still healing bodies. He's still saving children. He's still saving moms and dads. He's still working. So you can't listen to all the trash. You gotta tune your ears into the heaven. You gotta tune your ears in what thus saith the word of God. You got to tune your ears into what wisdom has to say. Listen to wisdom. Don't listen to the darkness. Don't look at your bank accounts and all the other. Look at wisdom, folks. You're better off than the riches of the world. Have a fellowship and a relationship with Jesus Christ. Money can't buy it. Positions can't get you there. Nothing but the love of God and the love of truth can create this fellowship with him and you're blessed you're blessed you're blessed above multitudes to have this revelation to have this insight God's not limited anytime he gets ready he can take pain out of our bodies anytime he gets ready he can give you a million dollars Anytime he gets ready, he can position you into whatever place he desires you to be. It don't matter. But watch this. We sing the song. But if he never does another thing. If he didn't answer another prayer. He's already done enough. He's done enough to persuade us this morning that this is the wisdom that we desire. This is the path we desire to walk. I'd rather walk with him going up the rough side of the mountain than to be sliding down the smooth side. I know my time's up. Let's stand. God's been good to us here today, no doubt. I didn't get to cover any of the scriptures here. Uh, there, there's a lot, a lot to be said. You back up to the scripture text, and I'll just be briefly, so I won't, I won't keep you standing. But to them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. You know, the Lord never owned a place. He never owned a boat. He didn't ever, he didn't ever own a chariot. Far as I know, he never had his name on any deed of any ground whatsoever. In fact, one of the disciples said he wanted to be his followers. He said, hey. He said, birds have nests and fox have holes. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Sometimes we can get so worked over, up over things that's really material things. Or even to the point of having heart attacks and, as Sister Lisa said, meltdowns. Hey, we're all there. We've all experienced None of us exempt, including me. I'm top on the list, so don't take it that way because that's, that's... But we've all been there too when we got calmed back down and settled back down and said, 
God, forgive us. It's just to have you, to have fellowship with you, to know you, and to you guide us through this and lead us through this. We just want to be your witness and powers. So he says, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than the strongest man. That's whatever they got. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, nor many mighty, nor many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. I've been hitting on this and preaching on it just a little bit. What you going to use your talents for? Your skills, your abilities. God's blessed everybody. And they, they, they from all different types. And, but God, what talents of God, I want to use them for your kingdom. For your glory. Whatever it might be. No matter if it's singing, playing instruments, preaching the word. You know what? It shocks some of you if you get you a Bible chart. Home Bible study. It shock you. And let God, let God, let God. Oh, I can't, don't, don't say that. You can. If I can teach one, anybody in this house can do it. That's the truth. Study that thing out and go into homes and just present the truth. Hey, all, here, here's, here's what we call, to do what? So, we don't pick the soil. We don't do any of that. There's four different types of soil. Sometimes I find ourselves in all of them, but 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 all sitting there, we just somebody's got to sow the seed. Let God take care of the soil business. The seed was the same in all four types. The seed never changed. So you and I are obligated to sow the seed, the word of God. A lack of knowledge is one of the problems of this end time. There's a lot of people going to a lot of churches this morning, but they don't know truth. Never experienced it. Never heard the fullness of it. Some probably has never even heard of the Holy Ghost. Let's must feel it. But thank God for this wisdom that comes from Him, by Him, through Him, and for Him. Man, that wisdom that helps us Navigate through all of this to be victorious vessels of God. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. I won't keep you standing. Let's let God continue to work for us. Let's pray, pray for uh, Shane was actually a book holder, but let's remember them, uh, Sister Shelley and her family. God would be with them. Uh, also, continue to pray for Sandra that God would just show mercy and compassion. He can raise her up. Give her some days and extend those days that she can make her way into him and get ready. Amen. Whatever God, God, we pray in God's will. Amen. God's hand. Amen. Because we know that he's more than capable and able to do that as we ask him. Pray for others in our community. Some sick, afflicted. I remember Miss Teresa and them lost their granny this past week. And I got this coming week. Not sure. I don't think yet. But still trying to work on uh, getting her all the way from Ohio to Alabama. So it's a lot of things there. Man, life sometimes can be cause a lot of heartaches and troubles. But God can help us if we'll let him. Believe me. God can make the best of any situation if we'll let him.
Okay, I know we'd love to be just a little bird fly away and it acts like it don't exist, but that's not going to happen. But you know what? God, he'll be with us and he'll help us. We'll find help and strength from him. You can't find it no other place. Okay, love you. Appreciate you. God bless you. See you tonight. God bless you.